Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Carlos with Core Response out of California. Carlos, happy Monday. How are you doing today? How are we feeling, man? Talk to me. All right. Uh, good morning, JJ. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a privilege, and I'm just humbled to be able to be included in this. I've never done a podcast, so it's all new to me. Um, it's early in the morning over here in California, so it's kind of early. It is. It's in the morning. Um, but I'm awake, and I just wanted to be able to have this platform to be able to express what I've done in the last 18 years with my studio. I, I It's... Yeah. I don't really consider it as a gym because I started out with Core Response as a Pilates studio. Um, my background was from fitness for about 20 some years before that. And uh, when I started Pilates in 2021, I mean, I'm sorry, 2001, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I got that right. In 2001, I immersed myself in Pilates only because I found that all of the gym rhetoric of being uh, involved in fitness was going more towards core uh, training. And it just evolved in my, in my life to be able to uh, educate myself in this modality of Pilates. And it clicked. I started the business in 2006 uh, with core response. Um, and I basically included not only the Pilates aspect of what I learned, but also all of the fitness background and yoga background that I had for years into it. So I've never really marketed as a Pilates studio and I never really marketed it as a gym. I just thought I would just put it out there as core response. Um, since 2006, I've moved it twice and I've now am in a larger studio of 1500 square feet. And I've included nice. now a more of a wellness background to it. So I've included uh, people on my staff, uh, personal uh, trainers, PTs, uh, Rolfer, and then we also uh, refer people back and forth with chiropractors, acupuncturists, doctors. And it comes from either having me market it that way and also with my clients that have come in that are doctors. So. It's created a, just a different type of environment that has been unique for me in terms of Pilates studios. Because out here, there are a lot of Pilates studios. And there are those that are just Pilates studios. And then there are those that are just gyms. So um, I feel like mine is a little bit of a different niche to it. So, um, and it's worked. It's kept me yeah. going for 18 years. I love that. I love that, Carlos. That is awesome, man. And I appreciate the explanation. I appreciate you sharing everything so far. And so, look, we're excited. It's your first podcast. We're excited to have you on. And to kind of just jump right into the nitty gritty here, let's start with the bare bones basics. Okay. You know, um, how many members are you serving, Carlos? Um, it fluctuates now because of having to revamp my business from COVID. Um, we saw a loss in my clientele uh, dramatically in the beginning of COVID in 2020. Uh, we were closed for three months, and I couldn't do anything other than Zoom. And then 
all of my instructors had to come back and had to try to entice our clients to come back in into a an environment that was basically in lockdown for months out here. Yeah. Um, but I probably see personally anywhere from 75 to 100 clients a week because we are one-on-one and um, I'm still trying to get our other instructors to get their clients to come back in in order to get the business back up where it was before. But we we have a base of about a couple, maybe about 100, 150 people that come in and out of our studio uh, on a regular basis. Um, given the fact that we're in an in a area where people travel a lot and my clientele is of that caliber where they have the means to be able to, one, come into the studio and afford it, to be able to travel. It fluctuates quite a bit uh, throughout the year because of people traveling. So um, yeah, it, it's, it gets busy, but it's been busier, which is my little dilemma in the last year or so. Uh, yeah. But we're getting there, we're getting back up there. Yeah, 100%. And so for you, Carlos, I mean, especially for what you do, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's more of a studio and, and the different customer base. You know, so how do you, how do you find, or what's been the best method of you for you to get new people through the door? Uh, good question, because that's been my um, sort of my area of not expertise, because I'm not a marketer person. I'm a I'm a instructor. I'm a personal trainer. I I've done that end of it for years and years and years. Um, so um, I have found having this business and having a previous business in Santa Fe, New Mexico for five years, um, that marketing for me has always been word of mouth. And that is where you get the most loyal clients coming in. You'll get clients that I think you'll get from time to time that maybe see your, your, your name out there among maybe uh, an advertisement here and there or through fundraisers that I do where I, I donate my services out there in order to get people in the door. Some of them come and some of them go because it's just a, a gift certificate that they've gotten. But I think the loyal people that have stayed with me for years and years, I mean, ever since I moved here in 2001, I've had clients since, since have, that have been with me since then. That's a pretty long time for someone to be with me. Um, and it's just word of mouth. They, they, they trust me. I think that's the most important thing. They trust who you are. They trust your, your knowledge. They trust um, your approach of what you're doing. They see the results. Um, I've done advertising in other ways and it doesn't work. I've started to now work with the last couple of years with someone who does all my marketing now with Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. And that has helped get my name out there. Now, does it bring people in the door? Maybe not. I may get a couple of people from that, but it's mostly just getting your name out there that helps. Um, so it's, I'm still learning <laughs> the business as we go along. And certainly it's different here than it is in a smaller town. I know that um, I'm in a, I'm a small fish in a big, big, big pond out here in Los Angeles. So it's, there's, like I said, there's a lot of us out here doing the same thing. I can't look at it that I have to compete with that. I have to just make my environment the best that I can do and hope that that's what it is going to draw people to me. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think like uh, with COVID happening, I think it really kind of showed us that there's, there's nonstop innovation. There's always going to be something new and like, 
whether you're using, well, I mean, obviously prior, I think as many of us were using social media as, as we are now, but I think it goes to show that there's always an asset somewhere, whether it's online or again, like you mentioned before, word of mouth, you know, I think having that versatility is probably going to serve you best, right? No matter right. what. Right. So I love that. And I love that you understand. I, 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 I like the concept of being the small fish in, in a big pond, because I think that kind of, even though people might say that, hey, like that's hard or more difficult, but I think also it may be that you are the most beautiful fish in this example, right? Because it's like, you are not a commodity, right? And people can right. look at that and be like, wow, like, there's value here. I like that one specific for what they are specifically, you know, because if they see a bunch of big ones and they compare it to all the other big ones, I mean, you're going to get used to it. It's really just going to come down to like, okay, well, what do they offer? Which one's the cheapest and that, but at your point, you probably bring more value. If any people see that when they perceive that at that point, it makes it a lot easier for them to want to be like, all right, cool. I'm willing to spend more money to be a part of this. So right. I love that Carlos. I, I, I love the example there. And so kind of moving on though, I mean, you know, let's say leads traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, mm -hmm. how much higher can you go? What does max capacity look like for you? Uh, for me, I feel like I'm just, um, I'm not even halfway where I should be because of the fact that I look at the studio space and I look at the amount of machines that I've got. I'm not one of those Pilates studios that uh, pushes the group classes. For, for one, because I feel that um, you lose a little bit of the integrity of, of the work of Pilates when you have 10 to 15 machines out there and people are just coming in to work out. That's not how I approach my work. Um, I approach it in more one-on-one, -on -one, maybe a duet. Uh, the most we have here are five machines. So I have to think of how do I utilize this space the most in terms of what I have, in terms of equipment. So. I know that I can fill that side of the room with clients on the machines. I know that I can bring other clients in, maybe doing other stuff than Pilates while someone's on a Pilates machine. I can work them on the TRX. I can work them on the BOSU. I can work them on stability work. I can work them with free weights. I can work them in the other room with yoga. So for me, it, there's still so much room to grow. But like I said, there's a lot of my, our clientele from the other instructors that I have. I have six other instructors that work with me throughout the week. Most of their clients are still on Zoom because of COVID. And that's, that's been the difficult part of trying to get people back into my studio and to get it to where it can go to full capacity. Um, so um, there's still a lot of room for me to grow financially with this. I know it. Although financially, I do well with it still, um, but a lot of it, unfortunately, falls on my shoulders because I'm the one that basically is the workhorse here. So I'm trying to still, okay, how do I get uh, other instructors to come in to work for me? How do I get um, another PT in the other room to work for me? Um, because all of their work went out the door during COVID. No one wanted to come into a room and get worked on as far as massage and acupuncture and rolfing and all that. So that part of the business kind of went out the door a little bit. So uh, we're still working on it and it's, um, it's, it's a growing phase. I have, you know, I, I have a, you know, it's also <laughs> how long do you have on your lease? You know, that's the other thing you have to look at when it comes Very to true. business. And I just renegotiated my lease for another five years. So I'm looking at where am I, where am I going to be already in five years? 
Um, and my goal is to um, hopefully get it to where it's going to be very profitable for someone to come in and maybe buy me out, perhaps. Or I, you know, sell the whole thing and go somewhere else and downsize for myself as I get older. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that young anymore, to be honest. I'm about five years out of retirement already. So um, it's, I'll be 70. So I'll, I'm ready to look at the other end of it, the other spectrum, because I've been doing this for almost 40 years in terms of working as in fitness. Yeah. So, no, I mean, yeah. hey, that, uh, that's special, Carlos. I mean, to look like you do, man. To be, I mean, I mean, wow, that that's that's impressive. I'll tell you that, and I think um, it really goes to show. I, I I get you, because when you're at that point in in business and and, and you've kind of done everything, right? You, you experienced yeah. most of it, and 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 to be through even a, a situation like COVID, right? I think uh, yeah. there's nothing you have not experienced, and I I think it really does. It really shows. That when you get to a point like this, it, it's more or less like, what do you want to do for the future? Which we have another question that's going to come a little bit later that I'm excited to hear from you. So I, I love that response here, but I'm going to leave that for a little bit later. So uh, one one other question here, Carlos, I know you said you're you're the workhorse here. You're the one doing mostly everything. I mean, how do you manage, uh, you know, with the amount of clients you do have, amount of members you do have, how do you track, you know, how long they've been with you, the lifetime value? I mean, if they're ready to cancel or... or if somebody's a new member, I mean, how do you manage those metrics? Um, it's it's a it's a it's a full time job, you know. When you have your own business, and I've known this for years, um, that a small business like mine um, means you are basically married to it, and you have to the you have to put the work into it in order for it to work. Um, I manage it because I make it so that. The people that work for me are not employees, and that's the key for me. I don't, I don't hire people to work under me. I hire people to work with me, and they are renters now. Um, this, there was also a, a situation out here in California where we could not have independent contractors work for us anymore. So it did feel for a while there as independent contractors, I was, I was having to be more micromanaging them in terms of how they got paid and, and how they how I pushed my business through them, which was working. But then once that law went into effect, I had to either make a choice of making my instructors employees or renters. And I chose okay. to do renting because it's a win-win situation for both of us. They can now make more money as a renter. They can charge however they want. I'm not control of the of their their fees. Um, I know that I'm guaranteed a certain amount of money every time someone walks in and works with them. So my goal for me is I'm booked up solid. I'm feeding my clients over to them now. And gotcha. And that's that's the way that this business is going to grow through me to them. And then um, so, you know, I keep track of everybody on a program. I know how long they've been here. I I know how much they um they, all my clients give me every year. I mean, I have a bookkeeper that keeps my numbers. Um, so that I don't have to deal with as far as managing it. I don't really think that a business like mine needs to be micromanaged as much because it's, um, for one, it's very hard to find someone that works with in the same parallels of, that I do in terms of the 
the amount of effort that I put in here. Uh, and I've learned that from a previous business that when you co-own some, something with someone, you basically both have to have the same goals, the same hardworking ethics for it to work. And when one doesn't, it creates a friction. So I thought when I opened up this business 18 years ago, I said to myself, I'm going to do it on my own. I don't want to have to deal with someone else's um, personality. And um, it's very hard. I mean, I'm always looking at, okay, if I'm going to sell this business, which is another big thing in terms of uh, creating a business, is what do you do with it once it's all done? Um, how do you look for that person you want to hand it off to? So I'm looking at my instructors as to who works the same way I do, you know, how much effort they put into it. Um, so managing is not something I really um, feel like it has to be done with someone else. I think it, it manages itself. When I leave for a vacation, I just walk away and I just say, it's your studio, you know, treat it like it's yours. And they do. And that's the beauty about having found a, a core group of instructors that really, really now treat it the way I feel like it should be treated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that, Carlos. I think that's so big. I think when you can be the as involved as you are and be that pinnacle for for the community that you've built, I think that's what what's then gets created, right? When you can really transpire your beliefs and 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 what you want done to the gym into other people, that's the biggest thing. It's just thanks to your leadership. So thank you for that, Carlos. I love to see gym owners who still have that hand in the business and really care as much as you do for the clients as much as you do. And you can see it. You can't fake that. So awesome stuff there, Carlos. And I'm going to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, but a good question in itself. Okay. Uh, a good way to kind of self-reflect and, 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 you know, kind of put yourself in, 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 in the interviewer seat and interview yourself, if you will. Right. Okay. So uh, Carlos, if you, if you don't know, there's about three pillars of business that we use pretty predominantly in the fitness and gym industry. Right. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is just your marketing, right? Getting people through the door. Your acquisition, which is just sales, right? Getting people to convert from mm -hmm. being an interested client to a paying client. Mm -hmm. And then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So right. Carlos, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, good question on that one. Um, well, let's go back to the last one you said as far as retaining clients. I retain clients uh, from the time they walk in the door. And I think that's because um, they get the results that they want. Um, they see that we are constantly uh, evolving as far as the studio in terms of what we do here and what I do as far as, uh, as an instructor or a teacher, however you want to put it. Um, uh, marketing for me in terms of getting people through the door is probably where I want to work the hardest uh, because um, there's always different ways to go about it. There's referrals, there's giving your clients uh, a financial break if they bring someone in, which I've done in the past. Um, there's uh, constantly looking at different venues to get into in terms of getting your name out there, whether it's fundraisers or um, events, which I've done before, which is like the Emmys, I've done that. Um, I've offered a gift basket for all the attendees of, it was either the Emmys, I think it was the Emmys. And um, believe it or not, I got no one out of that. 
So, you know, you look at the thing and you go, okay, I'm giving all my services to all these people that live here in this area. And, you know, it, it just, that didn't work for me. So you're always looking for another niche of how to grab someone through the door. And I think um, more than anything, it's come from either personal referrals from my clients or referrals from, like I said, chiropractors, acupuncturists, those that are in the field of fitness and, and wellness, which is why I went with co-response Pilates and wellness in the studio, because I wanted to include that wellness um, uh, partnership, so to speak, with the people that I knew that are out there doing sort of the same thing I'm doing, you know? Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's where I'm looking at trying to explore more of how I do, because I think that works. Um, you, I can put an ad in the paper and probably won't do anything. And you spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get it in there and you get nothing in results. I look at what's going to give me the result. If I, if I, if I look at another way to market is if I look at myself that I'm going to invest another thousand dollars in education and look at how I can ex expand my repertoire of what I do in terms of as an instructor, I'm going to go learn how to how to work with someone that has scoliosis. I'm going to go out and learn how to how to work with someone that has um, a pre and postnatal uh, uh, program. So, and those programs cost to go out there. So it's education that you invest in, which gets your money back. Also, equipment. How how well do you invest in your equipment? That's going to get that money back. When I look at putting a machine in here that costs anywhere from five thousand to seven thousand dollars. You know, how many people are going to have to pay for that coming through the door? Yeah. And um, so I look at it for, in terms of that. I mean, I can invest and I have. I've invested thousands and thousands of dollars in here, but it's all been paid out. I've never, knock on wood, I've, I've never in the 18 years have had to borrow money or have gone in the red. And it's, it's been a money-making business for me. Yes, could I be making more money? but. Um, I have to feel like I've done something right in order to not have to um, go bankrupt, yeah. you know? Yeah, 100% no, true. A hundred percent true. I think that I think that's a beautiful thing because I think in this industry specifically, we know it's a commonality, right? So you're 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 in the <laughs> you're in the in a very unique space by being that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is which is a major congratulations there, Carlos. So seriously, I love to see it, and so. Last two questions for you, Carlos. Mm -hmm. My two favorite questions. Okay. Uh, and this is the one that I alluded to earlier, which is, you know, what's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish down the road? Okay. Um, the bigger picture for me is, um, I think, as I look at going towards retirement in the next, and I hate to say retirement because I don't think I'm ever going to stop. What I, what I do in terms of movement and sharing it with people. Um, I may not do it in the capacity that I'm doing it now in terms of being here every day, all day. Um, I'd like to maybe turn it around and uh, take the business where I can sell it and maybe work for the person that's that bought it. And I can okay. keep basically the, the vibe going here for them and sort of ease my way out of it. Um, the other option is um, 
I'm not too sure whether I'm going to stay in LA. You know, it's the other thing. Do I want to stay and retire in LA? It's a very hard place to, especially in where I live on the west side of Los Angeles, where if I retire, I may not be able to afford to be able to stay where I'm at. So I may have to just sell the whole thing and, and uh, move somewhere else and start over, but not quite as what in the capacity that I'm doing now. I could also see about going into what I've done before. I, I was doing, well, I was owning this business. I was traveling, teaching uh, internationally and teaching other instructors how to teach Pilates, how to teach yoga. I was teaching fitness out there. Um, I could go back to maybe doing a little bit of that and sort of ease my way out. I mean, uh, I don't think I'll ever just stop because I've turned a certain age and say, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I, there's a value to what I do in terms of keeping my body healthy and, um, and mobile. So I'm gonna continue to do it in one capacity or another, but maybe not as full force that I'm going now. It's, it's, it's hard to do what I do on a day-to-day -day basis for years and years. I know that it's taken its toll on my body a little bit. And, you know, you just want to get a little bit less stress as you get older. So that's my goal with the business is to eventually sell it, I think, you know. Carl, it's a beautiful response and a great answer. And I wish it was the last question because that would have been a good place to wrap up because that definitely hit home and was a great answer. But I have one more for you, but it's still okay. one of my favorite questions. I think my favorite question of the entire podcast. Okay. Um, and, and kind of, I kind of curious to see your answer here. You know, Carlos, uh, if you could go back in time to when you first started your gym, you know, sit yourself down with the knowledge you know now and and, and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started? What would that um, advice be for you? What would have been, if I look back at what I did uh, in the beginning, was um, probably don't take yourself too seriously about what you do, because if you, um, if you look at, at what you do and all you're doing is um, trying to compete with what's out there, um, you're gonna end up um, taking the wrong road in terms of where your, your goals and aspirations are in business. Um, for me in the beginning, it was, it was how do I get this to be better than the other person down the street? You know, what can I do to make it better than someone else has the same studio 15 minutes away from me. Um, and I found that once I started to just concentrate on my clients more and giving them what they, what they need, it, it clicked. It started to click better. It started to um, produce better results. Um, I mean, I feel like you just have to, can't take it too seriously. It's, it, it, it you are who you are um, through your business and through your personality. And, um, and I think that comes out more with your business in terms of keeping people around you. My, I have created a work environment that to me feels it's a more of a family environment. 
My clients have been with me for years. I know them personally. Some I know more personally outside the studio because they've been with me for years and years and years. Um, and I think that's what attracts the people that come in. I mean, it's interesting that I, I, I've attracted everybody from, um, you know, the day-to-day -day person that just walks in who wants to, you know, get a great body and, and do all that. And I created a business where people come in because they, they want to rehab from, from injuries. I've got, um, I do have celebrities that walk through the door. I have people that are connected to celebrities and it's, it's, it's been something that I just feel like it naturally organically grew that way for me. And once I got into that groove of just letting it just be what it is and not be so concerned about how am I going to make the numbers? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Um, the business just flourished. And, um, you know, it's always interesting when someone comes in, they go, oh, my God, I know you from some, so and so. And it's, it's, such a, it's like I'm like the middle of a pinwheel here sometimes. And it's been great. Um, uh, I've, I truly enjoy going, coming to work. And that says a lot. I mean, when you really love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. You know, and that's, that's what very true. I've always wanted to make it feel like, you know, that it's not work for me. It's just I what that. I want to do. I love that, Carlos. That was a mic drop of an answer. Way to close it out there. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. Before we sign out, you mm -hmm. know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Oh, um, we are on uh, Facebook under Core Response Pilates. It's the same thing with Instagram, uh, Core Response Pilates, uh, TikTok, the same thing. And of course, I have my own personal uh, websites. Um, the website core response um, Pilates will get you to the website and uh, and then my own personal Facebook and Instagram all connects both business and personal so um, yeah look for us on there I'm constantly um, now posting videos on Instagram for people to watch I've created a library for people to go in and, and download um, exercises that they can do from home that was the other thing I really wanted to express that I wanted to get to those people that cannot come into the studio, that cannot afford it, because that's really where it needs to go. It needs to go to the people that really need it. These clients that I have, they can afford it, which I'm grateful for it, because they have the means to be able to come in one-on-one. -on -one. They spend a lot of money with me. I, I appreciate the fact that they do that. I know that they could spend their money somewhere else. They can go to a gym and still get it much cheaper, but they come and support me. But I really want to go out and reach those people that cannot come into the studio. So I'm trying to do it through Instagram. I'm, I'm downloading videos for them to do exercises at home that I think would benefit them in terms of getting their, their bodies back in, uh, in good health. Okay. There we go. There we go. Okay. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, I just got to send everybody else out over here, Carlos, just go, let me go ahead and, uh, do this and then stick around for two seconds if you can just to let you know how uh, right. you're going to get the podcast all right and uh and to everyone who tuned in today we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit the like and subscribe button and if you want to come and join us talk about your fitness business click the link in the description fill it out and our team will be in touch with you very very soon and as always till next time jim lords out thank you for listening to this interview but 
don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining on the show is Edith from Healthy and Fit by Isis New You in Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, Brooke. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to have you here and to learn more about what you do in your fitness business. But before we dive into that, give me a quick backstory, Edith. What was it that got you started as a fitness business owner? There were quite a few factors uh, that contributed to it or propelled me to open my own studio. Uh, One was um, having spent years in corporate America I just uh, kept noticing growing anxiety um, over the mismatch (laughs) between my active personality and uh, um, desire to work with people versus spending countless hours in front of computer and shuffling papers. So there was one. Number two, uh, I come from a background of marathon running for years. I've done that. And uh, my last marathon caused me pretty severe uh, hamstring injury, um, which later I discovered was a direct result of my muscular imbalance and just um, underdeveloped weak muscles. And then three, um, I, which quite frankly stems from number two as well, Um, having um, done a lot of research on on, uh, post-surgery and so on, on uh, how um, maintaining strength um, and proper nutrition uh, can prolong human life, but avoid injuries, um, really um, enticed me to work with people, especially looking at friends popping painkillers. Um, so my goal was to educate myself, do as much of uh, research on health and uh, health prevention and anti-aging as possible, and then delegate it to my uh, friends and then clients. Wow. Okay. So you, you know, it's something that you've been passionate about for a long time and in some capacity, health and fitness has always been a part of your life. And now with this, you know, business that you've had for the past 13 years, you're able to help other people have that, you know, lifestyle, that healthy lifestyle, whether it be through nutrition, fitness, whatever, whatever habit. So um, I really like, you know, why you got here. So now that we know the why, give us a little elevator pitch of, you know, what you have to offer. Paint a picture for us of your business. I want our listener to really understand your business model. So tell us all about Healthy and Fit by Isis New You. Sure. So I offer a range of services. Uh, My studio is not the place (laughs) for so where you come, pump the iron and leave. Um, I approach my clients or prospective clients, definitely my current clients, as a whole entity, uh, meaning 
I like to sit down with, with them first and discuss their health issues, um, discuss their nutritional issues, their mental and emotional issues before I engage in devising a personal training program or nutrition. Um, I strongly, strongly believe that uh, a person cannot and will not achieve their fitness goals if, for example, their hormones are out of whack or their nutrition is, is a massacre. Um, or if they undergo emotional um, disasters and then and, and the roller coasters, which prevent their body to digest foods or even build muscle. I strongly believe in neuroscience and um, neuromusculature. So I like to meet with the person, have a conversation, and then based on the information provided, I devise a program for them and uh, off we go. I offer, as I said, nutritional uh, consultation. I, I devise nutritional programs for people, um, personal training. We have small group classes, um, also yoga. And um, I'd like to resume providing uh, yoga for kids. Okay, so you have a lot of different services available there for anybody. I mean, they can come in and do the the group if that's something that's interests to them, the yoga, or you offer personal training, which is great because that gives you a chance to give the client a more direct approach, whatever goal that they have or whatever their personal health and fitness journey kind of looks like. This allows you to kind of cater that toward them. And um, it's great for people who are maybe new to the health and fitness industry, or maybe they've been out of the health and fitness industry for a little while, or maybe they're recovering from an injury, or maybe they're a new mom. There's a variety of reasons why somebody might want to come join you. Um, so with the personal training side of things, how does that work? Are you training them for an hour, half hour? Um, what kind of options do you have available? Usually it's about an hour. Um, okay. Yes, I would say about an hour. Okay. About an hour um, to, you know, meet with the clients and how many clients total are you training um, or do you have as kind of like regulars? 22. 22. So 22 clients, you're training them all about an hour. Are they meeting with you every week? Because that's a lot of hours of training every week. Yes, they, uh, they do meet with me every week, several times a week. Okay. So you're, you're a busy lady then is what you're telling us. I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, if I were to say, Hey, Edith, I want to join, I want to do personal training. What kind of packages would you offer me? Would I be paying per class? Would I be paying you for a pack of classes? What kind of options do you have available for your clients? So I'd like to give people an opportunity to choose. And uh, naturally, personal training is more expensive than group classes. Um, it depends on their budget. It depends on their flexibility, time, work, schedule, and so on. Um, I do offer packages, uh, personal training packages, and they range from 5 to 30. If it's a new client, they have never uh, worked out with a personal trainer or, or never worked out in general, um, I suggest they 
choose the smallest package available just so the client as a, as well as myself can can contest the waters and we can see if it's a match if this relationship will work i do not like to impose long packages right off the bat on on, 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 on prospective clients um, i like them to have a flexibility to test the waters and say okay this is for me or this isn't for me um, so there are no long term commitments off the bat um, Usually, always, <laughs> those five uh, uh, classes, packages transition to longer term relationship. And uh, they are still uh, my clients still today. And I hope it, we will continue. Uh, in terms of classes, um, they can purchase 10 class package at the discount, or they can do a pop in and just as well try it on and see if it works. Okay. So um, realistically here, um, you have options and it sounds like you're pretty flexible to work with each individual um, toward like what they need or what their journey kind of looks like. Um, and that's, that's really good that you have that flexibility because I think that that helps a lot of people feel comfortable getting started in something. I know for sure for me, I don't like signing contracts like right off the bat. So um, that's a good perk that you have available. Um, next question that I have for you would be, um, you know, with 22 clients, is that a place where you're feeling good if you're feeling comfortable or are you in a position where you're like, hey, I would love to have some more clients and help more people? Well, as a single mom raising a seven-year-old boy, <laughs> uh, taking on more clients will deprive my child of time spent with me. And um, it's already challenging as it is to balance full-time work with raising a child, uh, which I think I do pretty well regardless. Um, granted, he's going back to school. I could probably take on a few more clients. Um, so it, it, it really depends on the season <laughs> as well. There, there are low seasons and there are high seasons. Summer tends to be very busy. Uh, winters uh, slow down. Clients are less inclined to get out of the house when it's dark and cold. Or like in my situation, Chicago and it's atrocious weather, weather in winter um, oftentimes prevents clients to um, just getting to the location. So, yes, uh, depending on the season, I can take more clients. Sometimes I cannot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge when you are a one woman show. Um, and so, you know, before we kind of dive into, you know, how you're finding your clients, let me ask you this. Are you in a position where you would like to not be a one woman show and have somebody, you know, on your side that's kind of helping you? Oh, yes. And um I've attempted to hire somebody in the past. It wasn't successful, uh, but I'm not uh, abandoning that idea. I would like to hire somebody, um, one person tops, <laughs> maybe two, I don't know, um, who exemplifies the same uh, commitment to clients and, and a knowledge and it's who's this industry is, is truly a purpose in their life and it drives their their desire to help others okay so what like where have you kind of gone to like look for finding you know somebody to to help you because i think that's a really good topic a lot of 
gym owners are kind of in a similar place to, to you where it's like, Hey, we, we hired somebody. It didn't work out. We kind of feel like we burned that bridge a little bit mm. and then, um, we're kind of scared to do it again. Um, so talk to me about that experience. You know, where have you looked to make that a possibility? I have posted, um, information about, uh, an ad about my intent to hire somebody. And I did have some, some people who walked in and uh, um, unfortunately there w- it was not a match. I, I don't think I would hire somebody just because they're, they look good on resume. I, just like with my clients, I like to sit down, have a conversation. They definitely have to look like they're doing their work. Uh, I, I cannot have my clients be trained by somebody who's severely obese. Um, or whose work ethics and integrity is, is, is out the window. So um, I believe that this industry is also about relationships. As I said, I, I've had clients for a long, long, long time. So in order for me to pass on a baton, I cannot um, hire somebody who does not have moral and ethical standards or, or just industry standards. So it's been tough. <laughs> That's why I'm a solo writer still. Yeah. It is hard and it's hard to find somebody that kind of matches our morals. Um, so I, I understand what you're saying there. And, and I definitely think there are some resources out there that we can kind of look into when it comes to, hey, how do we find somebody, you know, what, let, let's post this job somewhere and hopefully we're going to get people that fit into those morals and those values that we have. Um, so, you know, since you would ideally sometimes during the year, like to have a little bit more than 22 clients. What are some of the things that you actively do to kind of look for clients or or aid that growth process? So Brooke, I've never had to look actively for clients. Nice. uh, Luckily. Um, The way my business is being generated is definitely through recommendations of my former current clients. I do have uh, my page on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, I have my own website where I post information. Um, and I think they're, they're very valuable information and they address uh, women different stages of life and, and how um, it, it, it contributes to their bodily changes or, or mental and emotional changes. Um, so, um, I, I really don't. I don't have to advertise myself. I, I hope it remains this this, this way. Um, I um, I do have uh, walk-ins. Um, I do have people contacting me from Google. Um, I don't think Facebook or Instagram um, had um, driven anybody to my door, <laughs> but uh, mostly it's organic. Yeah, and I think for most you know, fitness businesses, we can always count on that kind of word of mouth and those client referrals. If we have a great service, our clients are naturally going to talk and then they're going to bring in their friends or somebody that they talk to us, uh, talk to about us. Um, And that feels pretty good because it means that we, you know, are taking care of our clients um, enough so that they want to talk about us. Um, and so that's good, but when we look at, you know, scalability and maybe potentially the idea of having somebody that is working for us training, like they're not going to have that word of mouth initially up front. And so we have to look at ways for them to kind of fill their books. Um, you've said that Instagram, Facebook have not driven any leads for you. Why do you think that is? 
I don't know. Um, maybe it's just my inability <laughs> to advertise. Um, I've had um, um, advertisements posted on Facebook several times in the past, um, but I, I did not like the censorship. I did not like being rejected for the um, uh, nonsensical reasons, really. Mm. Um, just to give you an example, um, I posted a, a picture of a heart with uh, chains and dumbbells um, over Valentine's Day. <laughs> and uh, Facebook blocked the, the ad because it said the picture is inappropriate, even though it clearly um, depicted somebody, a love for working out. So um, there was a lot of confusion um, and, and, and just frustration with having to adjust and ask questions. Why? Not having questions answered. Uh, why the ad was taken down. So uh, consequently, I, uh, I just um, abandoned that idea. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, figuring out the Facebook side of things, like I'm not an advertising expert. I can tell you a lot of things about fitness. And I think for you, it's probably the same. Um, it's just like, how do we figure out the nitty gritty of Facebook? However, I do think, especially the past few years, you know, we're living in such a digital world that um, we should really be utilizing those platforms to have a presence and reach people in our communities. I think that you have a really good thing going for you right now. You have 22 clients. Your schedule is very, very full. If we look at the idea of expansion, hiring on somebody else, that's when it's like, okay, we want to make sure that this person is being successful. So it's not a complete loss for the business. So how can this person be successful? I would recommend looking into at least having a presence on social media um, because 2020 has made for such a digital world. I mean, here we are meeting virtually. Mm -hmm. um, so next question that I have for you would be, you know, what would you consider to be one of the biggest challenges when it comes to operating your business and what are you doing to kind of overcome that? Well, Brooke, I don't think uh, my challenges stem from operating my business per se. It's it's a it's actually more of a personal thing, and that's what causes uh, challenges. Um, as I've mentioned before, being a single mom, um, doing my best to give time and attention that my child deserves, while maintaining my clients happy, uh, who often um, communicate with me even after training hours, after work hours in the evening, they have questions and um, I need to answer them. I would like to answer them. But at the same time, I have a seven-year-old jumping all over me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that will be, I think that will be a challenge. Um, I, I, I mentioned winters. Um, that causes a lot of frustration uh, during snowstorms in Chicago. People are not being able to make to their session. Um, I think those are the biggest ones, yes. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to you with the first one for sure. I mean, you're a mom to a young child. And as a parent, like we wanna be able to be super present in our child's life. And if we're working um, in the gym business, it can be hard to feel like we are present enough um, this business is not a nine to five. There's kind of a lot of other hours thrown in there and weekends and things like that. 
Um, and it can be challenging to, to make time for family. Is this your full-time, you know, uh, gig as, as a single, other than being a single mom, um, is the gym your full-time gig? Yes, it is. And uh, speaking of hours, they're quite unconventional. I, as you probably know, we train clients either before they go to work or after work. And um, kids' school ends at 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock. This is the time when I'm not present with him. And that's that's the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I hope I answered your question. <laughs> well, you definitely did. Um, is there anything that you feel like you can do to kind of be able to step away from the gym a little bit and spend more time with your little one other than hiring? Um, are there any changes to what you're currently doing that you could foresee making things better? Um, well, I definitely spend a lot of time with him over the weekends, Mm -hmm. right. And, uh, in between, end of school and uh, my first afternoon client um i uh, i really don't know how to answer that it's um i i have clients who also request training on saturdays and sundays and uh that's a definite no-no which is once again i'm going to resort to what my goals were and uh, previously having somebody who has the flexibility to step in and uh, provide training services for my clients or their clients um, on, uh, on weekends and during those times when I'm with my son. But right now, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not the industry where you can pick and choose. It's not an eight to four kind of job. It's never been, I don't complain about that. I, um, it works for me. I like the, a few hours in between um, in the afternoon to do my shopping and avoid long lines. <laughs> I hate shopping on weekends. Uh, but again, uh, that's where, where my son comes back from school. That's when, uh, even though he's in different activities and, and so on, I'm not present. And uh, that's, that, that's challenging. Although I think by now we both adjusted to it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, it's just kind of something that you're used to. It's something that you've made a way of your life, like a way of your life. Let me ask you, have you ever done, um, I know that you do the group training, but have you ever considered doing like semi-privates where you have like two clients in one session and then that way you can fit more than one person in, in an hour? Yes, I have. And, um, it it was very successful and there were some that I had to turn them away. I also, Emma of a thought that in order for me to provide service to those two people um, who want to join in a semi-private session, they have to match. Their goals have to match. Their bodies have to somewhat um, match in, in, in terms of goals. Um, so prime example, one person who wants to gain muscle and is... Um, underweight cannot train with somebody whose goal is to lose weight and is overweight uh two separate trainings absolutely two two completely different distinct approaches Mm -hmm. so it depends and uh i still offer semi-privates um but again it depends on uh, whether those people have similar goals and whether they headed the same direction then i can tailor the training to both of them and they will benefit from it but if they're completely distinct it's 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 a futile topic 
Yeah. And that can be hard too. Like you, you already have your one-on-one clients now that you're training and it wouldn't make sense for you to be like, Hey, like, let me put you with another client. I mean, like you said, everybody kind of has different goals and, and whatnot. If I were to hand you a magic wand, Edith, all your dreams and goals for your business have come true. What would that picture look like for you? Uh, you would hand me a winning lottery ticket and uh, <laughs> which I would <laughs> still come to my studio and train, but I'll have people working there and I'll just train the clients whom I had longest relationship with out of integrity, loyalty, and just simply love. They've become my, my extended family. Um, but yes, I, I would pick and choose when I come to work. And if I want to come to work, I'll have that option versus necessity. Yeah, that sounds like most business owners, you know, plan, they open up a business, they would love to build it up to the point where they don't have to be in the business 24 seven, and they can work more on the business, right? Um, not be caught up in the day to day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week just be able to work when they want to, or when they have a client that they're really, you know, they've been working with for a long time or. Right. What yeah, do you think? I think this business, I'm, I'm sorry, just a <laughs> side note. I think this business is also very much relational. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, for example, even if you did hand me that lotto, uh, winning lottery ticket, I, I would still come and, uh, and, 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 and service my clients just out of a sheer love and care. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, you cannot, I, I don't think you can just pass on um, your relationship to somebody who doesn't have that relationship, same relationship established with somebody new. I think people build relationships um, on trust and then and, and longevity. And uh, it's a different story to trust somebody you have a relationship with who provided care and attention to you, even outside of your work hours, than somebody who just delivers the training and then cuts you off. It has to be be more than that, especially with the personal training. You know, typically people need people who are doing personal training. They're looking for personal training because they want a little bit more attention. So if we can, you know, this is a relationship building business. So we can build that relationship with that client. That's something that keeps them motivated to stay on track for their health and fitness goals. Um, what do you feel like it's important for you to focus on right now, Edith, to kind of make that reality down the road of having a facility where you have people working for you and you know you, you don't have to be there all day, every day, a reality? I, uh, I think I answered that, but may perhaps not. Um, I, um, I, I think again, I would like to hire somebody okay. who, who has um, skills, qualifications, um, conduct to deliver, and uh, not just knowledge of how the muscles work and how to make somebody lose weight, but to to actually embrace a client and provide that service, which I strongly believe is um, the foundation of any personal trainer's longevity. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So realistically, like the next step for you 
in your business would probably be finding that perfect fit, finding somebody who fits into healthy and fit in a way where, you know, you feel comfortable giving them some responsibility and stepping out a little bit. Um, And that's really, really difficult as a business owner who's been doing this by herself for 13 years, finding that perfect person will definitely be like finding the missing puzzle piece. But um, once you have them, I'm sure it will feel really, really great. And I'm excited to see that, you know, happen for you and for your business and for your son too. Um, I know like when, once I was able to step away from the gym a little bit and spend more time with my little one, it felt really good. Um, so excited for, for that. And I want to thank you for sharing with us today for, you know, telling us more about your fitness business. If our listeners wanted to find out more about what you have to offer, do you have a website or somewhere that we can go to check you out? Yes. It's, uh, I'm also on Facebook um, under the same name, isisnew.com. Uh, my Instagram is a mess since I post both personal and, <laughs> and business photos, even though also under the same name. So you're welcome to check it out um, or just simply call me, have a conversation. Let's schedule something. Let's get you healthy and vibrant and vital and living to 100 years old, walking on your own, maybe even running and riding a bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much again for being here today. Listeners, we thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Winter Winston with Fitness Plus. Winter, what is going on? Happy Friday. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. How are you doing today? Always good. Always good. We appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And Winter, you know, uh, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Fitness Plus here, you know, first, we want to give you an opportunity to give the viewers a little perspective, right? Um, in your words, Winter, how would you describe Fitness Plus and what you guys do? I would say we are a small, um, intimate gym um, that focuses on mobility and strength training and um, just building up a community 
for um, people to feel comfortable to you know, progress in their weight loss journey or their strengthening journey. Um, we have several programs. Um, we have a maintenance program that I call my baby program. It's a, more like physical therapy. Um, people that's had it before they work out and um, I'm sorry. <laughs> they took, um, people that have had physical therapy before they um, continue a program with a licensed physical therapist um, to keep them going so they can progress or stay where they're at because their quality of life is really important. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I appreciate the, the explanation there. And yeah. so, you know, um, kind of diving right into it here. I mean, let's start with the basics, you know, how many, how many members or clients, whatever you regard it as, how many members are you serving currently? Um, so I, I kind of break it up because I go to people's homes too. So I have my gym okay. portion and then I have, uh, people that I go see personally that can't come out to the gym. So it's more like my home health baby. So we have um, about 15 clients that we go in home to help. And then we have around 20 to 50 clients indoors that we that come to our gym. Gotcha. Nice. Okay. And so for you, Winter, I mean, what would you say has been the best method or the best process, the best practice to get new people through the door? What's worked well for you? Word of mouth. <laughs> and um, we're based in Virginia and Hampton Roads. There are a lot of fitness places here. Um, and so word of mouth really helps a lot. We also do social media, Instagram, mm -hmm. um, usually for the younger clients, um, but in Facebook for our older de demographic. Um, haven't really dove into TikTok a whole lot yet, but um, we kind of do the trends at the gym to try to bring in some of the younger folks too. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. They play, they play a factor, right? I think it, again, anything to get attention or eyes on you guys, I think works well. It's good to have that versatility and not just depend on what's worked well. Right. Cause I think a lot of people do do that. Um, and so, you know, you guys are, are at a, a, a good number here. Right. And so, I mean, let's say lead traffic clients, all these things that say you hop on TikTok and it blows up. Right. I mean, right hypothetically speaking here, I mean, how many members or clients can you even handle like on top um, of what you have now? I think the goal for me um, is about a hundred clients. We are a small intimate gym and I do want to expand further, um, especially for the recovery side of things um, and more mobility side of things. So yeah, there's a little place, a building beside us that I kind of want to shift over to, but that's probably a little bit longer in the future, but yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think obviously great goals. I think when you can can always look towards the bigger picture, then that's the biggest thing, right? It's really what keeps you going. Um, and so, I like this question. I I think I'm, I mean I'm definitely curious here too, because I mean having both sides of you know doing the physical therapy, the PT, and, and having you know people you go to their houses and having it inside the gym. I mean, how do you manage tracking, you know, where they are on their fitness journey, how long they've been with you? How do you manage those metrics? Um, so I'm an old school kind of girl. So I do a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. So I have a lot of automated spreadsheets. Um, I have people log in regularly and it's a lot of hands-on right now because I am a one woman show. Um, so my day starts at six in the morning and usually doesn't end to about 11 or 12 at night. Um, so 
yeah, I, I, I'm very old school with the spreadsheets. I probably need to upgrade that a little bit, more streamlined um, automation, but um, it lets me look at things differently when I see a spreadsheet and looking at everybody's progress from there. Um, and it allows my clients to look at things and um, adjust what they need to, you know, adjust their goals. Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, I, I agree. I think at the end of the day, if you can innovate with time, right. And innovate with what works. I mean, again, if I, what, what I will say too, if it, don't fix what's not broken. If it's working for you, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. If it's taking time away though, of course, obviously you can make it a little more automated, but I think innovation is probably one of the best things, right. Anything to make, to put more time into doing what you love and not on the things that you really don't need to have your hands in. So um, I appreciate the transparency there, which are two. So going to ask a little bit of a longer question here, but a good question in itself. And so if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know, but bear with me with it because it, it's a good question in itself. It's a good way to self-reflect here. So um, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is just your marketing, mm -hmm. your acquisition, which is your sales, right? Converting somebody from interested to an actual paying client. And then we have our retention and ascension, which is combined. And that's keeping your clients longer, but getting them to stay with you longer. Um, and well, I'm sorry, keep your clients longer, but getting them to pay more with you in the process. And that's what I meant to say. Um, so of those three winter, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, probably retention. <laughs> I think with the climate of of where we're at in the world today, inflation being so high and, you know, YouTube and online being such a um, pivotal point and where people want to go because of money aspects. Um, yeah. I think retention is the biggest thing. I do know that I, I'm not too far off from where I want to be. I've had clients call me from six years ago and be like, oh, I want to come back. <laughs> um, or they'll come, they'll come and get where they need to be at and be like, well, I think I'm good. And then six months down the line, they'll call and be like, I think I need a tune up. <laughs> That's our word we use is a tune up. Like, I think I yeah. need you to help me line my pelvic in line, or I need to strengthen my legs up a little more, or I need to lose a little weight. Um, so I do a lot of educating. So they know um, when they come to me, we're going to do a lot of education, how you keep going, even if you're not with me type deal. But yeah, I think retention is probably the biggest part I need to improve on. Yeah. And I think, I think it's probably a piece that everybody needs to improve on, right? It's being able to keep people longer, right? The, the lifetime value. And if I think people are so focused on more and more clients in the front end and trying to get more and more, but not really focus on keeping them longer, right? Because that would be the biggest resolution. You wouldn't have to bring any more people on if you keep right. them longer. So right. um, great point. And again, I appreciate the honesty and transparency there, Winter. So um, last two questions for you, my two favorite questions, um, starting with, I mean, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but just kind of curious to see if you could put it into like a little bit of a, uh, like a timeline here. What's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Long-term, I would like a more of a hybrid uh, gym where you can come get your physical therapy, the maintenance part of it, whatever fitness goal you have in between, because there's a lot of population that kind of gets forgotten about, especially after physical therapy finish, finishes with them. So they're just floating in the air, people that have COPD or heart failure or um, 
thyroid issues that kind of need to keep going. So having recovery, saying come and recover after a hard day of working out, just a, a bigger facility in that aspect so I can house personal training, group training and um, recovery and physical therapy in that aspects. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. I love it. It's such a great goal. And I think you're, you're definitely able to bring a lot more to the table being that you have that versatility with, with experience on the both ends of the spectrum there. So um, last question for you here, Winter, my favorite question, literally of the whole entire podcast. Um, you know, if you could go back in time to when you first started the gym, you know, sit yourself down with the knowledge, you know, now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. Uh, what would that advice be for you? Um, don't be so hard on yourself <laughs> and to actually take a break because getting burnt out, especially if you're doing the majority of um, work yourself to carve out a piece of time every day so that you're not burning yourself out. Um, it's probably the biggest thing because I think I got burnt out the first two years because um, I was grabbing clients, I was still working full time um, and um, trying to retain clients. So I was burning out. I didn't have, now I have a, a, a couple of personal trainers that contract themselves under me to use the gym too. Yeah. Um, just not being so closed-minded and knowing that there's other things you can do so you don't burn yourself out. Yeah, completely. You know, Winter, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Winter, please, I mean, shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Well, on Instagram, we're Fitness Plus LLC. Um, same with Facebook, Fitness Plus LLC. Um, reach out to me there. Um, don't yet have TikTok, but <laughs> those are the two places you can reach us at. There we go. Winter, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Just stick around for two more seconds so I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I would appreciate it. Just going to okay. sign everybody else out over here, okay? Thank you. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.